0: Hi, this is Andrew Lotto. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 50, Penis Regret. I know in my previous podcast, I promised to make this a special topic because it's episode 50. (laughs) That was a previous podcast promise. But I realize I can't plan the topics of these podcasts ahead of time. In order to do this, I have to be perturbed and ready to rant. And it turns out that my anger and ire are randomly inflamed. So I'll wait for that topic when it's pissing me off again and just go with what pissed me off this morning. Now, you're probably aware that the CDC changed their guidance on mask requirements last week and suggested that everyone mask up, even if you are vaccinated. And I don't want to even get into the reasons that that is dumb and counterproductive to dealing with vaccine hesitancy. What I was really interested in was the rationale for the CDC for this change. And they finally released a report on July 30th that they claim was the science. I'm putting that in quotes. That's why I use that accent. The science, it's the quotes, that lead them to this change. So I read the report, and it doesn't really pass as a science study. If this was presented to a review panel back at NIH when I was there, uh, it would be ripped apart because it has a lack of controls, biased samples, that was too small, and crude measurements. But whatever, who gives a shit? Here's the nutshell summary of the report, which was entitled, Breakthrough Infections Associated with Large Public Gatherings Barnstable County, Massachusetts, July 2021, which just sounds like a really boring master's thesis. Hilariously, it has 20 authors. This is a real gravy train report. Anyway, apparently, apparently, the town of Provincetown, Provincetown in Barnstable County, Massachusetts, is a kick-ass party place around the 4th of July. So there was a COVID outbreak linked to all of this Independence Day partying. The researchers were able to find 469 positive tests for the coronavirus in people who visited Barnstable County, Massachusetts, sometime between July 3rd and July 17th. That is a kick-ass two-week party. That's longer than Lollapalooza. The uh, big news was that 74% of the people who were infected were fully vaccinated. So I guess we need to mask up again. Wait, does that mean the vaccines don't work? No. No. I said this before in this podcast, the, a vaccine does not ensure that you will not test positive for the virus. It means your body will be prepared to fight the virus. So you need to have this vaccine in order to have less severe symptoms and a lower rate of death. In fact, and this has not been focused on much in the reporting, only five of these 469 people went to the hospital and no one died. But fuck it. Let's overreact nonetheless. I don't see this as much as a reason to have a mask mandate as much as a way, reason to burn down Provincetown, Massachusetts in Barnstable County. There is some wicked shit going on there. What really caught my attention in all this, is a number that hasn't been reported. And I haven't actually seen it reported in any news source. And that is the breakdown of cases by gender. Of all those who tested positive, 85% were male. Now, according to the census, only 46% of Massachusetts adults are male. But 85% were the ones who caught it. Why isn't this a story? It could be that this July 4th party in Provincetown is like an all-male orgy. In which case, why haven't I heard about this before? Or it could be that whatever's happening there is a curse on males that resulted from the Salem witch trials on females, given that Salem, Massachusetts, actually is directly across from Provincetown, if you look across the water. But the reason this raised my ire is because of something I've mentioned before in this podcast, Uh, most recently in episode 46 on identity groups. And that is, looking at statistical disparities does not give you unquestioned evidence of discrimination and injustice. But people use it that way until it comes to the label males. Now, no one's going to give a pity party for males. I'm not trying to do that. But it's interesting to consider what these kinds of disparities look like when you make arguments from statistics for these different groups. And more importantly, I want to do this as a service to those who wish to transition from female to male gender. Beware of the consequences of being male. <laughs> like any trans male is listening to my podcast other than my father. Did you know that more babies are born male than female? Uh, The ratio is about 105 male births to 100 female. Of course, that's gendering by doctors, but whatever. In fact, in the United States, according to the census, there are about 4% more boys under the age of five than there are girls. By the time you get to 35 years of age, that switches, and there are now more females. By the time you get to 60-year-olds, there are now 8% more females. There are two and a half more 90-year-old female Americans than male ones. That's 250%. And if you make it to 100, just become a lesbian, because there are nearly five times as many females that are over 100 years old. Why is that, you ask? Hmm. Because males die of nearly every disease at a higher rate than females, including COVID. According to a report in The Lancet, men are 40% more likely to die from the disease. Also, more importantly, men are way more likely to die from accidents at work. The data from 2019 show that men are more than 11 times more likely to die from work-related accidents. Yet, despite this disparity, there's been a big push over the years to put more money and effort into the science of women's health. There was a big move by the NIH years ago to make sure that women's health was a priority. In fact, when I was on the NIH study sections... Every grant asking for research money for health projects had to include a section ensuring that their study included sufficient numbers of women within the study. And we actually had to discuss that as part of deciding whether a grant was funded. Now, several times we had grants in which women were way overrepresented. There weren't many men. There were a lot of females in a study sample. In fact, there were several where there were only females. And because I am a complete dickhole, I would always flag this and ask, isn't this a concern? But I was assured by the NIH staff that it was not. Cool beans. So life expectancy for females is currently about five and a half years longer than males in the United States, according to the latest CDC data. Uh, In case you're wondering, that is roughly the same difference in lifespan between whites and blacks. Interestingly, when I was looking for these numbers, Hispanics of both genders have a longer life expectancy in the United States than do whites by almost two years, which is even more evidence for the health benefits of tequila. I'll take a step. Mm. There's to another year. So if we need to concentrate more resources, on women's health, and that's what they keep telling us, can you just give us a number of how many more years you'd like to live? Past males? Like, seven years? Which is the average across the world. Ten years, maybe? And also, uh, when deciding on how much longer you want to live, we'd be satisfied if it just this is reached because the men's lifespan drops. Like, you don't live longer, but men live shorter. Now we get to ten years. Because... That's what's happened recently between 2019 and 2020, according to the CDC. The gap widened uh, this last year, probably because, again, uh, men have a higher morbidity rate for COVID and also the escalation of opioid deaths, which are almost twice as likely in males. So, I don't know, progress? The National Cancer Institute spends $575 million a year on breast cancer research. Uh, same institute spends about $240 million versus five seventy-five, two million, $240 million on prostate cancer research. Now, if you look at the number of deaths from these two diseases and then look at the amount of money, it means that The National Cancer Institute, federally funded, taxpayer dollar funded research, spends over twice as much money per death for the cancer, breast cancer, that kills mainly women versus the one that kills men. And I have the math here in front of me if if you need me to show you my work. For many years, the NFL did a Breast Cancer Awareness Month from the National Football League where they made the players wear pink shoes and they had pink decorations and special jerseys for breast cancer awareness. Now, this was a huge scam. It was a way for the NFL to sell different jerseys and paraphernalia. It isn't like anyone who was watching said, wait, what is this breast cancer they speak of? I've never heard of it. I'm so happy to be aware of it now. But it was always hilarious to me. The majority of people watching the NFL is male. Only about 40% of the audience is female. Yet they didn't have prostate cancer awareness, even though that was more likely to kill their viewers. And it's also not unreasonable to believe that dudes aren't aware about prostate cancer. I'm sure that most of them... Don't know they have a prostate or where to locate it. Then, of course, there are the discussions of the different rates of incarceration in this country by race. We've heard that a lot. It's clearly demonstrate on its own the discrimination in this country. But do you know what the gender difference is in incarceration? The ratio of male prisoners to female prisoners is more than 12% to 1. 12 to 1. Why is that? That's crazy. Think about it, but be careful with your explanation. It may generalize in a way you don't want it to. All right. Episode 50. Enough ranting. I know I'm lucky to be a male, and I wouldn't cut off my dick to spite my fate. Now, excuse me, I have to book my flight to the next mangrove going on in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Past the tequila. Out!